You're listening to the Detroit is Different After Dark Podcast Network. All right, we are back in full effect, in full effect. F what you heard, the podcast in Detroit is different podcast studios. And today we are talking about something that me and this gentleman know a little bit about as we've bought all types of sound reinforcement equipment. And it's the sound man and how this matters on your live show and your live performance Uncle P, how you feeling? What up, though? You all right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's time so, to get it in. Yeah, yeah. Now, as we talk about, like, the live show, the live reinforcement, starting out, you're probably going to be working with people that are starting their careers in DJing or sound reinforcement or sound engineering as well. So, for the person starting off independent artists, what should they keep in mind about their performance so that they can deliver high quality sound and maybe uh, not the most conducive places? Build a relationship with the sound engineer. Okay. That's first and foremost. When you get to the venue, you want to find out who's running your sounds. Okay. Now, when you talk about going to the venue, running the sound and the sound engineer, it's different ways that different things are done. Like for years, when we think about the bullfrog, you were up there DJing, but yeah. it was actually an engineer tech that sometimes stopped in, make sure things was cool. Uh, sometimes he'd be yeah. in the back. Sometimes he would. Sometimes he wouldn't. Right, but right. it was a different engineer than the DJ. Most people think that that's the same person in hip hop, especially. No, no. I used to get cussed out so much. I'm on the side of the stage. They like turn my mic up. I'm like, I got. I point to the back and like, hey, my man back there. You know. But what's so crazy is they'd be like, turn my mic up. Up, turn my mic up and then they'll hand me the mic and I'll be like what up though mm. meaning that the mic was loud it was just the technique of knowing how to use the microphone exactly and we were all just talking about this as you yeah. said you were yeah. in a church service the other day and saw somebody as we say cupping the microphone right cupping um, the mic I mean you know churches normally had a they stuff good because they not used to rappers coming in there doing yes. their thing but it, it was hilarious bro so it, it was every rapper you've seen probably looking real cool cups the mic meaning that microphones I'm gonna get a little technical here most microphones you perform with are dynamic microphones meaning go. they block out a lot of sound and they're built in a cardioid pattern so a cardioid meaning like like the heart so when you cup the microphone what you're doing is you're cutting off the spectrum of how sound can come through the microphone and be projected. Exactly. Which it will make you probably sound muffled like. Right, right, right. So some of the inflictions which will make people connect to what you're saying are getting built lost around, in the salt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Built around where your hand is right. because it looks cool. Because you saw Method Man do it. Uh, I don't know who nowadays. I don't know. You saw Triple Red do it or something. You know, Trippy Red or it, whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, and I notice uh, a lot of artists when I ask why they do it, they, they say they can't hear themselves. You know, and that gives them the exact opposite. Right, right, right. You know, I'm like, oh, so you hearing mumbling now, or you hearing, you know, so that's a. yeah, that's something. But, you know, you you get better with the experience of doing it, you mm -hmm. know, and ask questions. And projecting of your voice. We went right into one of the things is a person that's run sound for a long time. Uh, I use wire microphones most times because to use a wireless microphone, you 
generally have to have better skills in projecting your voice. Yes. Projecting your voice is something that people think is very simple. But even as we're talking on this podcast, we're conducting that same skill that we've applied for forever because in the conversation i'm you know well yeah man p but on a podcast i'm speaking how i'm speaking and you know what's crazy people be like um i know when p come in the building because that fool is always projecting yes (laughs) so yeah i I guess I, i get it naturally man um, and and knowing that will really carry you if you're a vocalist. Yes. Now, from the producer angle, how important it to, is it to have that relationship with the DJ as well? I mean, not the DJ, the sound engineer as well. From the producer level, um, I guess it's really, you know, have an idea. I mean, honestly, is, is it a lot that you can do? Um, mm-hmm. You know, once you you see how the system is built um, and how it sounds, you may ask for um, a little bit of EQ mm-hmm. in, in certain areas and things like that. Um, you know, it, it, with the production element, it just puts so much. And you're talking about a live event, right? Yes, a live event. Yeah. Um, a lot of times producers are able to adjust EQ and different levels where they are when they are presenting it. Either, you know, they have a DJ system and they're playing their tracks through there. You know, they can adjust the EQ accordingly. Um, you know, you want to... Um, get some trust with that engineer and have him give you the headroom that you need and build that trust with him like give me this headroom but I ain't gonna blow your system and we were just talking about this whole concept of the producer you were talking about your nephew in the game and some of the moves he's making out west and being in the game right now can be more lucrative for a producer than a performer Yeah. so that's the reason I ask Yeah. because Oftentimes, people will be introduced to your music from a live show. And if it does not come through the way that you know it should come through an impact, that could impact your pockets. Definitely. Um, And to further elaborate on that, now I got a a better idea where you was going with it. Um, It's great for producers to be able to hear your music on these systems. Yes. You know, um, that's what's been great for my beat battle community. You know, they're in the studio. They might have some five inch, six inch monitors. You know, you don't know how it's going to go on a concert system, on a system built for a club. So I've had producers that ended up losing for a year straight and then all of a sudden that light bulb go off and then they come back and their music is just mixed totally different and I look at them and they look at me like yeah I figured it out mm-hmm. you know so that that is very important man you know in the mix down session you know I even go to live venues to see how a record is, is going to sound at a club and things like that. So that's very important, you know, to the producer to get out and hear his stuff in a live environment. Very much so. And also t- keeping in mind of that venue, this goes back to what we always say, do your homework. You and Sabrina always say, do your research, do your homework. Know yep. what type of system is at the venue. Yeah. You know, um, a lot of people have 
you know, <laughs> problems. Say it's famous to put your vocals on your rec on your performance tracks, mm-hmm. and um, you know, some situations I, I can't be too mad at. Um, mm-hmm. a, a lot of times when you go and, and you're performing in clubs mm-hmm. that don't necessarily have systems that's made for live performances, live performance. you know, you're you're not always going to get your best experiences um, in that. And that's why you have concert venues that mm-hmm. are more so set up um, equipment wise to be able to deliver a, the best in a live performance. Yes, and when you think of that concert venue versus the club venue, so for hip-hop again, uh, the strip club is going to be one of the places you're more than likely going to perform. Yes, But the strip club sound system for a live performance is not built for that. It's often terrible for a live performer. Exactly. So the way the the music is, the, the, the way that it's set up, the way the speakers are hung, it's not like a live venue and then also some live venues you go to speakers can be set up more in a surround sound system way Mm -hmm. and then some are set up in like a projection a projection way right which will impact the way that the music feels as well exactly exactly and monitors will be your best friend in those type of situations Mm -hmm. you know um Monitors meaning okay if you if you're unaware when you perform you should have monitors that you can hear yes what the crowd's hearing technically yes but sometimes you may want to adjust your monitor and I'm speaking really from live performance with bands and things like that so sometimes when I work with the vocalist I work with they're like okay only give me the keys in my monitor and myself mm-hmm. or right. turn me up and turn the keys down or turn the keys up and turn me down so it's it's different things that will go on just because as a performer you're going want to want to monitor what you're hearing along with what the crowd hears. Yeah. 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 And um sometimes you have situations where you can't have that and then that's when you got to really rely on that um that engineer, you know, cuz yeah. I know a lot of people that just have to have the music blaring at them very very much in hip hop all day you know and And that's probably why they cut the mic because the music's so loud they can't hear themselves so they just they hear the woom 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 over the beat Mm -hmm. right so yeah man it's a it's a science to it you know um that's why it's good to get to venues early that's why they have quote unquote sound checks yeah that's where that relationship starts. That's where you get your DJ in there. You um, go and you you actually see how it's going to work for the evening. And with that sound check, we're talking speakers again. Some sometimes even from the shows that I do, I wouldn't bring subwoofers. So okay. subwoofers are specifically built speakers to get the lows or like the bass, the bass, so the filling in hip hop subwoofers play a big role in dance music subwoofers play a big role Mm -hmm. in soul music subwoofers play a big role so when you are a producer and you're making music and you know that venue doesn't have that subwoofer and your music is bass driven it can impact how everything feels too yeah so what do you do in that situation I think in that situation, you should always have audibles. 
Okay. I think being smart, uh, having a relationship with that artist that is performing, you should be ready to perform based on whatever that venue has. Right, right, right. You know, and and that research, that homework helps equip you for what's going to happen. Yes. Um, artists, understand when you are over-compressing your tracks. Um you uh, a great song breeze and know? what he's saying with over compressing for the person that knows the mix and the master meaning crunching we say like crunching sound as loud as possible it was a stint i want to say between 2006 and 2011 in the mixtape era where you put on any song and it's like damn you know because it's like the the hi-hats that people were using in the bass it was like okay this is killing me right right you know Right, and then yeah. the D, then the DJ come in with the watermark, and you're like, okay, I can't even listen to this shit because I can't appreciate this shit. Right, right, right. You know, so that over compression means that you're trying to get the music as loud as possible, but that clips where some of the instruments will play out without that breathing room. Exactly for the music. Exactly, and and you know what's funny is you you think it's loud till you get to a venue. And then we turn it up as far as it can go, but then you start hitting distortion and things like that. Yeah. And it's like, there is nothing else I can do. Mm. Nothing else I can do to help you. This this what you gave me and this we maxed out. Yeah. So definitely give it breathing room. Know what you're doing. Uh, the easiest ways to kill speakers are with extreme highs and extreme lows. Yep. Because most venues... DJs, sound men, period, are not going to want to break their equipment for you. Not at all. Not at all. And a respectable engineer is not going to allow you to bust a house system. No. So, you know, if they don't know that they can trust you or you respect the venue, you know, they're going to put a cap on you that's going to be comfortable for their system so they don't get fired at the end of the night. Yes. And as you talk about fired at the end of the night, easy way to not get invited back to ever perform or work with a venue or a promoter or a concert promotion team is to break microphones yeah uh, break speakers tossing oh. speakers in the crowd we've I all seen with at the rap show the wireless microphone mic drop Oh yeah, the I, I think got history, man. I had to pay for some microphones at St. Andrews. Yeah, the mic <laughs> drop alone. You, you know, you, you it looks cool, but it, the the person that is saying I will never work with this person again. That's eight hundred dollars you just dropped on the floor, at least. You yes. know, if you and not to mention the eight hundred dollars at minimum for the mic, but right. also you may have ruined the show for everybody else. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. What do you think? Do you think that artists should be bringing their own microphones? Mm. Okay, this is this is interesting because at one point in time, I was one of those artists that was like, okay, I'm bringing my own mic. And that was... Now, as I look back at it, you're impeding on possibly the show. You need to talk to the team that's putting on that show if you plan on doing something like that. Right. And right. that's anything. If you plan on bringing your own microphone, if you're bringing your own a DJ. guitar player, yeah. your own DJ, uh, a ba you know, any anything extra, 
you know, a projection, a projector, anything extra. You need to talk to the people that are putting on the show so that they Beforehand. can make. They yeah. can make correct accommodations. Right, right, right. Because, you know, a lot of times these venues, especially in the clubs, you know, they have very little in ways of accommodating. Yes. You know, um, so. Yeah. If they call your name, you know, you on the open mic list and they like, hey, yo, MCA, MCB, and MCC, get up here, drop off your stuff, and you're MCB, and then you walk up like, oh, can you plug me in? And it's like, no, I, I do not have time for that. Right, right, right. Nah, uh-uh. Be understanding and respectful, you know. Um, I The famous thing is to say, oh, this big star does it, that big star does it. Well, you're not there yet, you know, and that uh-huh. ain't an insult, but understand you trying to get to where they are. And oftentimes those big stars have people like Sabrina or yourself or me that are making the cause and the accommodations before so that they can do what you think they're just doing you know, effortlessly. Yes. That's just how it is on the daily. Right. Yeah, you just Correct. think that. You just think that four dancers walked on stage and then they, you know, started stripping, but not naked. But, you know, right, you just right. think that that's just happening. Right. But in reality, that's all been orchestrated. That calling the person out the crowd has been orchestrated. Yep. All of this has been planned out, pre-approved. People have signed waivers. All types of things have happened, which brings another thing to think about when we talk about mics, wire mics. Be mindful of where the wire is and where the cord is and how far you can go with that cord, too. Definitely. That's something to, um, that I try and do during the course of the night, especially when you got like 20 acts or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I try and be mindful and keep them as um, organized as possible. You know, but like you said, I, I done seen people, you know, go too far and rip the cord off this yeah. direct b- the box. And it's like, oh, man, you done. Yeah. Right. And then you asked me to run your set back. Yeah. It's it's not gonna happen. And as you talk about setback, we we going back to dance music and hip hop, but especially in hip hop, a bunch of people on the stage. What's your stance on that? Um, it's unnecessary. Like, here's my thing: you make a bigger presence when you got them people out in the crowd and singing your lyrics with you. And here's why: um, a lot of fans are followers. Your people that are up on that stage which you could be in front of that stage teaching the rest of the venue how to rock to your music i've seen it time and time again i've i've suggested it to people that i see do the hundred people on stage and when they put them on that floor they saw a huge influx of just the regular people joining the party on the floor because they want to be a part of something you know, so I, the artists, if you don't have a mic, you shouldn't be on the stage unless you dance in a song. OK, now, along with that, talk about the impact to the promoter or the DJ. Like what's going to be the impact when you come on stage posseed up 30 deep? Um, the impact, you know, it, man, I hate it. Half the time, I don't even know who the artist is. I was going to say the exact same thing because you possibly could, as much as it's appreciated that all these people paid to come in, it also can be kind of intimidating 
for for not just the the venue but the other performers it it can it can lead to some chaos i think that that rule of if you're not performing don't be on stage is a great rule yeah i mean it is what's the point you know what what what's the point you know if this was your personal concert you know mm-hmm. your personal thing then yeah you know the end of your set you know, but when you're a part of a show, you know, an artist that's a part of a show with other people, mm-hmm. you know, just just be a little more strategic about it, man. Make every possible thing work for you. Yeah. Make <clears throat> it work for you. Because when you see those people on stage, they look like your boys. But when you see them in front of the stage, it appears to be fans. fans. Yeah. And that's what you want. Yep. Now we talked a lot about music and sound. Lighting plays a big role in this too. Yes. Some venues have great lighting. Some venues don't have any damn lighting. Some yeah. venues have what we call static lighting, where it's just there. It's the lighting that everybody right. getting. Right. 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 What do you think performers should be thinking in reference to that? Um, lighting is is great. Um, understand the venue where the lighting is. Mm-hmm. in the venue you know a lot of times i see performers you know they want to get out and connect with the audience but you get out of the light so yeah you made that one connection but everybody in the venue couldn't see you make that connection mm-hmm. you know so i i try and tell artists to stay within the lighting um you know i because that happens often what you're talking about the whole all right, I'm going to go to where the people at because I don't see many people in the venue or the people all in the back. So I'm going to get off the stage and I'm going to walk to the back with my wireless microphone and I'm going to start rapping to the back. So now the line of vision is whoever in the back can see me. Yeah, and it's it, it just makes for, like, I've been involved with a lot of the coast-to-coast um, showcases, and you see artists, you know, leave the stage, and you see all the judges trying to wave them back to the stage because I can't see you now. Mm-hmm. I, I can't see what's going on. A lot of times you get down there on the floor, and you forget you're an artist, and you start dancing with your people, and it's like, okay, what am I judging here? <laughs> what am I judging here? <laughs> How you rock with your homies or are you being an artist on stage to entertain yeah. people? Yep. Yep. You should look at a stage as your canvas. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> what's crazy is here in Detroit, you know, rest in peace to Bullfrog. A lot of people used to hate it, but that was one of the first stages that, you know, somebody everyone without yeah everyone could perform on mm-hmm. and and it would be funny to see those people who are conditioned to program to performing at at clubs mm-hmm. it's like they scared of the stage mm. you know they do they they get down on the on the floor and do their whole set mm. you know and it's it's terrible yeah yeah and and when we think of other things with equipment and keeping things in mind um lighting sound speakers microphones the other big thing i think that a lot of people need to think about is the microphone stand itself it's a stationary but a microphone stand depending upon 
Yes, that's exactly where I was going to go with it. Yeah, it's a prop. You know, it, it can be used in so many ways, mm-hmm. you know, to express yourself, um, you know, your points. Another big tool, well, this is one of the most important, is how you're bringing your music to the venue to be performed over. Um, so many times I had people bring me a USB drive mm-hmm. that's got every song they ever made on it mm-hmm. and expect me to search through all these songs to try and find a particular yeah. mix that you want. And the, the, the Avengers movie that they just yeah, ripped. It, it, and, it, exactly. Know, pictures from their cousin's graduation, their favorite porno, everything. Right, on everything on there. <laughs> you know, when you come to a venue, when you're a part of a bigger show, you know, there's other artists on there. Get you a fresh, clean your USB drive. You know, put your name and the name of the show. Mm-hmm. If you just put the name of the show and everybody just put the name of the show, how the hell I'm going to figure out whose music is whose? Mm-hmm. You know, don't have no whole bunch of other stuff. Just put the music that you are performing that night on the USB. Now, if you want to get a DJ your music, give them another USB. You know, mm-hmm. get yours back. Say, here, this one is for you so you can check me out. Yep. That and now I guess phone is big, too. The airplane mode and phone. And yeah, as the DJ already was about to go there. Man, um, you know what? They broke me, bro. I used to be so much against it. Mm-hmm. And um, I got to the point, man, if you don't care, I don't care. Mm hmm. And you, it doesn't sound good. You know, mm-hmm. the the circuitry coming from your phone is not going to be the same circuitry that's built for music to be going over. So let's let's get into a little bit more nerd talk for music. All right, when when P and I first started with a lot of our and P has some days on me but when we started with our journey in music engineering and engineering school and learning it P was at the cusp of the beginning of of this whole thing CDs generally are delivered on what files called waves the spectrum of a wave so you know how sound is sound is based in physics right so you have like hertz and the ear picks up different amounts of hertz. So the wave picks up like, let's say zero to uh, maybe 160 kilohertz. Let's, right. let's use that as an example. Vinyl, meaning like the vinyl, vinyl records had the ability to pick up frequencies that people can't even really hear, touch right. or hear yeah. over and beyond what a CD could do. Right. That was w- what was happening in the 90s. As the 90s the carried digital on, era. the digital era created the MP3 for download consumption. So a MP3 picks up sound probably from zero to about 80, maybe half of what a CD quality sound could be. Yes. I, I hated the industry at that point, man. Um, you know, like you said, waves has so much in the spectrum and and we bought all this equipment, HD and all Mm -hmm. this stuff. So you can capture every 
essence of the sound. Yeah. And then MP3 came and crunched it. It shrunk it. Yes. You know, for a long time, it felt like it was just taking the life out things. And to be honest, I feel like, and this is my personal feeling, I feel like the this generation is being robbed of the spectrum of music. Yes, because your phone probably gives you up to about 60. Right. So you are already, and then also if you're not, you know, through this, the advent, you know, life influences business, but there became certain, the mastering engineers of vinyl uh, that worked with people like Quincy Jones and and Marvin Gaye and those mastering engineers switched over to like uh, Barry Goodman that worked with like Death Row and stuff like that that right. were great with CDs. Right. Today there are mastering engineers that are great with MP3s and it's starting the advent of mastering engineers that are great with phone. Now oh, all of this is to say that you need to have a different skill set with that mix and that master, Mm -hmm. especially now because you're coming from your phone as your source to the club system or to the performance venue system. Right. Which definitely is you're You're not pushing a strong signal to a system that's able to handle loads yes you know you're not you're you're not getting the full element of what you 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 bring it you're not Mm -hmm. so it's some of that to to take into consideration when you think of of what you're doing with your music and how you plan on utilizing your music, you have to also think of that medium, that source plays a big role in that equipment of what you're going to do as a performer. Yeah, totally. You know, I think if you are a live music performer, some of this can definitely still play a role. Having your equipment and having things set up, ready to roll, preparation can be so important in this whole thing it's it's everything because i feel like preparation is one part of what makes greatness happen yeah. or what some people call luck yeah you know that preparation met with that opportunity now we're already in overtime but it kind of goes into this technical sphere a little bit too uh nowadays people are carrying out their DSLR cameras, they're looking to stream. Camera person has become a part of the experience. Yes. In the venue and everything like that. Yes, yes, yes. What do you think uh, artists need to be thinking for those venues, for those shows where camera is involved, where this may be streamed or camera is involved? What, What should the artist be thinking? Find someone that's passionate about that aspect of doing things. Okay, if the if the event already comes with that. If the event already comes with it. Yep. What should you be thinking? Um that's when you have a juggling act. Mm. Cause you have to play for your audience. And then you also want to play for that audience that's going to be viewing you over that um, visual medium, visual medium, you know. Mm-hmm. And and you, as an artist, you can sh- show so much swag by being able to uh, work both those elements, 
you know i i've seen people that you know a camera go up in their face and they forget they performing at a venue you know or i i've seen people you know like totally ignore that camera Mm-hmm. You know, and I've seen people that made me think, wow, they're a hell of a hell of a performer by being able to effortlessly work both, both of them. Yes. You know, and it seemed natural because the viewer experience online versus the spectator experience in person are two totally different meat. It's, it's different ways you're interpreting the experience. And yeah, honor and both is very tough. Yeah, it is. And and that medium, I mean, a good recording of it is hard because, you know, we technology hasn't got to the point where we're being able to adjust the volume. Yeah. That's that's the number one coming thing. through. This, so mm-hmm. a lot of those um videos, like I I prefer not to post a video if it's not um, not up to par. <laughs> yeah, you know, because I I see people that that do events, you know, and the audio is terrible. How long do you think someone is going to watch something that sounds bad? You'd be surprised how long people leave those damn streams up. It'll Man, be- they doing something else then. <laughs> I'm just paid, saying like right. they're putting it up but I don't know if the, oh, the yeah. watchers are Yeah, no, the watching. views, right. I mean, you might get a million views but we go in the back end and see your time retention is 3 seconds. Mm-hmm. You know that's that that's not going to look good to YouTube. You done fooled mm-hmm. all us cuz you got all them views. But YouTube looking at it like this is garbage content. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. So you you definitely laid some good game. I would say think about what you're going to wear, clothing, and that's very tough because clothing, now we're getting back into lighting. Yeah. For video, lighting plays a role, and your clothing in person may look cooler than than clothing on camera and vice versa. Also, depending upon if it is a formal show, that lighting – you know, if if I do some real video, I'm bringing in some real serious lights, and sometimes those serious lights can take away from the user, from the view, from the from Consumer the fan experience. Experience, yeah, it, you know? it can. That's why a lot of times you want to have those in somewhat of a controlled, you know, spectrum. But yeah, man, don't don't come to the show looking like you just got off work. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, if you want to be seen as an artist, you know, look like an artist. Yeah. That plays a role. Um, you know, we we clown in everybody that's got all these uh, different fashion habits than you might personally. <laughs> but little Uzi Vert. Yeah, but I mean, hey, they stand out. You got that right. You know, they stand out, and and as an artist, you should feel comfortable being able to be yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, um, following, yeah, be com- be you. You know, that's that's mm-hmm. when you really start connecting and a fan base, you know. You you rapping about about um, you know, some hip hop stuff, but you coming in looking like you super thug. Mm. You know, it it it, it you confuse connect. people. Yeah. Cause folks gonna be like, Man, he sound he look like he should be rapping trap. Yeah. 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 You know, people will peg you just for how you look, so 
Yeah, we used you know, to play the position. Me and Connie used to always say like that one MC in the polo shirt. We used to always have that running joke about oh, yeah. the MC in the polo shirt. It, it's always sometimes wrong. I've been that MC in the polo shirt, but it's still funny to even. It's just like you know, people see you in the polo. If you come in wearing that Nordic polo or whatever. The audience is already thinking like, mm, probably not gonna be able to deliver. Right, right. Now, now if you if you do do that, you know, it's a, in my opinion, it's a way of play on that. Yeah, you, you know, you you may be able to deliver, but yeah, but it's yeah. just not. Whereas you know, hoodies, Tim's jeans, and our market, we thinking like, oh, he may be able to deliver. Right. <laughs> You know, for my generation nowadays, I guess it may be like skinnies, uh, 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 a wedding dress uh, mesh. I don't know what. (laughs) Fifty tattoos on your face. It's like, oh, my man, probably dope. You know. know? (laughs) I'm just, I'm just being real. You know what I'm saying? Like, (laughs) hey, it is what it is, man. Do your thing. Be, don't be afraid to be yourself, man. Yeah, be yourself. You know, love what you love research do your homework you know you give yourself the best best outcomes by getting the information and knowing when you're going into a situation and how to take it true image matters a lot today so i do know the visual element does play a big role but be mindful about those pictures and the video as it's going if it's a company with it be you know do your research again check check how things are because you know, blue lights, um, blue lights, bad lighting, um, you know, certain colors look completely different just based on, you know, how the light yeah. goes. Yeah. And yeah. also, if people if you know it's going to be streamed, you may want to have back to what you said. You may want to have that track that breathes a whole lot. Because right. if you have music that has a lot of um like J. Cole's music is like this. If, mm. if your music is not as overcompressed and it's actually more melodic, right? And you stream it, even if it's even if the sound is not as, you know, it, it that's back to like the the way that the 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 phone cannot interpret uh, cannot play music. It's even worse when it comes to recording music. Right. But it will sound better if you have if it's not overcompressed. Yep. Yeah. yeah. You know. So keep that in mind. You know, if you go with your 30 people and you say, hey, this is the song I want y'all to stream. Right. You know, I'm going to do track two, my second song, stream that one. And that may have a lot more like um, room in it. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Right. So that brings us to OT. Tell the people how to get in contact with you. Uncle P, y'all can holler me on Facebook. That's where I kick the daily knowledge. Uncle P313. And you can also find me um, at on Instagram at Detroit Rap and I am Uncle P DetroitRap.com. Thank you, thank you. Detroit is different.net. Detroit is different.net. Detroit, Detroit is, is different.net. Different. Peace.